When it comes to faith, we all have those big questions. Questions that can have a huge effect on our lives. And finding the answer isn't always easy. In fact, it's kind of hard. There are so many opinions and places to find information. It can be overwhelming. So we came up with a way to help. We put together a list of your top questions. Then we made a sermon series based on the things you asked. Each week we'll look at one of these questions and see what God's word says about it. We call this series, Ask Away. Hey, come on, good morning, Go Church family. Are you dry or are you wet from the rain? Come on, I mean, during our uh, 8.15 gathering, the bottom dropped out, the heavens opened, the thunder roared, 100 people gave their heart to Jesus in that moment. And uh, I'm glad that you're safe and you're here. If you love Jesus, can you make some noise? Come on, all around this place. Welcome everybody watching online, our Montgomery County, Maryland campus. Our Westside Atlanta campus, uh, my wife and assistant are at the Westside campus today and just a worshiping there. Everybody at our broadcast campus, it's a joy to see you today. And uh, yeah, we just love you so much. Glad you're part of Go Church on this crazy, you know, wet, rainy Sunday afternoon or morning. But hey, I wanna take a moment. We do this every Sunday. We honor the military men and women and first responders. Every campus, if that is you, veterans of the military, active duty, first responders. We just wanna show you some high honor. Would you put your hand up at every campus? And I want every room, come on, to really take your volume up. Come on, don't let it grow old. Come on, thank these men and women. God bless you. Thank you, Ron, love you. All the way in the back, God bless you. How about over here? Come on, keep clapping for a second. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, the, we have been in a run here at Go Church, some spiritual momentum God has poured out his glory. You go back a few weeks ago to You Go Girl. How about You Go Girl in Belize? Come on. I will say this, and I'm not, I'm not condemning you, but I was backstage, and when that video played, y'all didn't clap at the end. That broke my heart. We sent a whole team to Belize, the country of Belize. You, you sponsored over 50 young girls to go to You Go Girl Belize. I think it's just important that we say thanks be to God in your generosity. And then this weekend... This weekend we have Man Up. Come on, fellas, where are you at? Man Up. Over 300 guys participated at the Man Up conference. It was one of the most powerful moments in my ministry on Saturday morning. Now, I can't tell you everything that happens at Man Up because some things that happen at Man Up stays at Man Up. Come on, fellas. But Saturday morning, there was a moment with an altar response where hundreds of men responded in that moment. They came to this altar and at other campuses, poured their heart out to the Lord, weeping before the Lord, crying out in repentance. It was one of the most powerful moments. And it's weekends like that that just really affirm, you know, just my heart for ministry and pastoring you all. We love your family. We believe that God is sending revival to your home. Can you say amen to that? And send revival here. So now we're not done celebrating and honoring the guys because next Sunday is Father's Day. Come on, Father's Day. And so the ladies got their day a few weeks ago. Now it's our turn, dads, come on. So now here's what I know. Historically, in churches across America, Father's Day is one of the least attended Sundays in church. It's one of the least attended Sundays. And there's a part of me that gets it. Because on Father's Day, we just kind of want to do our own thing. You know, grill out by the pool, go to the lake, lay on the couch, play golf, whatever it is. Like, I get that. But... Men, as the priest of your home, 
there's not a better opportunity on Father's Day than to say, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord together, we're gonna go to church as a family, and then we'll get into all of the other things that are happening on Father's Day. Also, we announced at Man Up that on Father's Day, Coach Kenny Dallas from Trinity Christian School, he's the head football coach there. I should introduce him as state champion head coach Kenny Dallas. He'll be preaching on Father's Day. Now, I want you to know this. If Many of you guys, you've heard Kenny Dallas speak. For those of you that haven't, he's far more than just a football coach. This is an anointed man of God. He is a preaching machine, and I'm really excited to have him here on Father's Day. We got a free gift for every man on Father's Day and a few surprises. So everybody say, next Sunday is Father's Day, and I'm going to do my best to be here. Well, some of y'all didn't say it. I'm going to my home. That's all right. All right. It's recorded. We can go back and watch every one of y'all. No. All right. Let's get into today. This is a, a little, little bitter, bittersweet. It's the final week of our Ask Away series. We'll kick off Binge the Bible Season 2, the weekend after Father's Day. I hope you've enjoyed the series. This is our fourth Sunday. And the, the, as the bumper video has explained, you decided the sermons that we would preach and teach on. So on Easter Sunday, we gave you a survey card, and we asked you, if you could hear one message preached on any topic, what would that topic be? We took the top four themes from thousands of Easter survey cards, and we created this series called Ask Away. We do it every year. This year, these have been the topics of discussion. Week one, we talked about revelation and end times. Week two, we talked about family. Last Sunday, we talked about forgiving people. And then today, we're gonna talk about anxiety and depression. If you've missed any of the previous weeks or this is your first Sunday at Go Church, don't worry, you can go back online and check out the archive messages from Ask Away or any of our sermon series. We got a podcast that you can listen to. We're even on the old YouTube. Come on now, we've arrived, haven't we? And so I wanna make sure you go back and check that out. But today, we're gonna lean into the topic of anxiety and depression. I don't wanna get ahead of my preaching here, but here's what I believe. Today, today, somebody will be set free. I need at least 100 people to agree with that. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Always pray before we preach. Always wanna pray before we preach. Preaching without prayer is nothing more than a desire to perform. I don't wanna perform today, Lord. I'm not a stand-up comedian. While I want people to be motivated when I speak, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an artist. I'm a pastor chosen by you in this moment to bring this message. So I'm asking you, Lord, if you would anoint me one more time, I would be humbled to be used by the Holy Spirit to bring this message and declare in the strong name of Jesus that whom the Son set free is free indeed. I am righteously angry at the devil for the way that he has attacked minds of God's sons and daughters and locked them in a prison of anxiety and depression and guilt and fear. But today, we're asking you, God, to unlock the prison doors. Come on, and set your people free. I want you to take 10 seconds, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart today. 
If you're not wrestling with this topic, I, I guarantee you know somebody that is. So I want you to get them on your heart or mind, pray for them. If this is you, I want you to take 10 seconds and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to set you free. Come on, 10 seconds, here we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the highest praise. We worship you, Jesus, and I pray that you would be glorified today in your precious name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, go church family from the front of the room to the back, every campus. Come on, let's love on Jesus together. Come on. Good. All right, you got it. Look, you got to take notes today. I tell you that every Sunday, it's a note-taking church. We've got a note-taking culture. Uh, here's what I believe. Many of you are wrestling with anxiety and depression, or you know somebody that is. So I want you to take some notes today. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I can take, although there'll be a couple thousand people at Go Church on this Sunday, I think I can categorize every single person into at least three categories when it comes to the topics of anxiety and depression. So let's start there. Um, let me start with this one. It's all of us. So every single one of us, we know exactly what it feels like to have anxiety or depression rule a moment in our life. And this is important that you underline or highlight as you're taking notes, rule a moment. Now let me say it to you like this. I don't think it matters how much mental strength you have. I don't even think it matters how spiritually mature you are. Because you and I are human beings, and because we've got breath in our lungs, there are moments where we feel anxious, we feel depressed, we are afraid. It doesn't matter how much you can bench press, how strong you think you are, because we are human beings and there is a real world and a real devil, there are moments that we have where we feel this anxiety come on us, this depression come on us. Now watch this. In in most moments, it's a manageable experience because typically the anxiety comes in. Anxiety and depression, they're not the same thing, but there is a connection. But we experience anxiety and depression because of a circumstance, a situation. And I'm not talking about this, uh, well, for some of you, this storm today, this physical storm could be something that creates anxiety. But anybody been through a spiritual storm? Like we go through stuff. And when we go through that, we feel that for a moment, but typically it's manageable. So when that moment passes, so does our anxiety and depression. So we all, we all have been there. But then there are some of us that it's not about ruling a moment. We understand what it feels like to have anxiety or depression rule every moment. So this is the individual that is drowning in fear. I mean, they're overwhelmed by panic attacks. Every day is difficult to get motivated to get out of bed and to get going. This is guilt and shame and waves of terror. Some, some of you all, God, God forbid, I'm gonna speak life over you because it's our heart here at Go Church to love people to life. But some of you, you you're, so, you're so overwhelmed with anxiety and depression that you've had suicidal thoughts, and some of you have tried to take your own life. Let, let me tell you, while I may not fully understand what you're walking through, 
while I may not fully understand the difficulty and the fear and the uncertainty and the depression and the anxiety, what I can tell you 100% truth is this, God loves you and so do we. Can you say amen? Come on, encourage somebody today. And there's some people though, this is, this is every moment. And then the other category is this, it's those of us that we don't live with anxiety or depression. And so when we encounter someone that does have anxiety or depression, it seems illogical to us. We lack empathy. We lack compassion. Because it, it's not an area that impacts us, we think it shouldn't be an area that impacts them. Now today's theme obviously is anxiety and depression, but we've all got something that we're dealing with. Anxiety and depression is not a sin. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's a sin. But the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So while this area may not be something that you wrestle with, we've all got stuff. Can I get 50 people that would be honest and say, you're telling the truth, pastor, that's me. And so what happens is, is that when you lack empathy and when you lack compassion for an individual that is really being overwhelmed with anxiety and depression, I love you enough to tell you what you do, you say dumb things. You say hurtful things. It's not that big of a deal. Hey, you're fine. Snap out of it. Everybody look at me real quick. Even if you're taking notes, you go back to writing. If that individual could snap out of it, you don't think they would? Not this again. Here, here, here's one. Quit overthinking. I wish it was that easy. Calm down. Whenever I'm feeling anxious or even fearful or wrestling with depression or discouragement, when someone tells me to calm down, I want to beat them down. Can I get a name in from somebody? They tell me to calm down. You didn't, I'm not calmed down. Now I'm heated. Let me give you this verse. For weeks, I've been praying over this verse over your life, specifically for those who are in a prison of anxiety and depression, but whatever you walked into a Go Church campus with today, I am prophetically speaking this word over you, over your marriage, over your children, over your heart, over your home. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Can I get an amen? Come on. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, this is our responsibility. Watch. So stand firm. Stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When you, are, when you are in anxiety and depression, you become a slave to that, right? When you are, when you are in uh, addiction or when you are in sin, again, I just wanna make sure everybody knows that while the topic is anxiety and depression, God's heart is for every person, no matter what they're going through, to experience freedom, to experience freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So let's do this at every location. Whatever it is that you're walking through today, I'm gonna count to three, and I want you to say this verse out loud. Better than that, don't just say it, I want you to pray it. The most powerful prayers that you can ever pray is when you pray the scriptures. So I want you to pray this over your life, pray this over your bondage, pray this over your stronghold, pray this over your mind, pray this over your fear, pray this over your, over your anxiety, pray this over your depression. Ready? One, two, three. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And the whole church said amen. Come on. Oh, come on, we're going to clap. All right. We'll take a few minutes here. I want to introduce you to Peter Chimento. Pete is the LifeBack Counseling Center Director. LifeBack is a part of the ministry here at Go Church located on the property at the South Metro Atlanta campus. I'm going to have a conversation with Pete. He's done thousands and thousands of counseling sessions, including some sessions for me. He says, I'm the worst of all of them. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I want you to put your hands together. Every location, help me welcome Peter Cimento, the director of LifeBack. Come on. My man. Hey, keep clapping until he comes. Come on, Pete. Every time I get around uh, Pete, I just want to unbutton my jacket and just be like, doctor, help me, Lord. She's... <laughs> Pete, take a moment and uh, tell a little bit about your, your resume, your experience, and uh, just your heart to help people. Yeah, yeah I've been uh, counseling for uh, 16 years now, and uh, during that 16 years, I've done over uh, 7,500 counseling sessions, and uh, my heart uh, for counseling really started in, in this area of anxiety and depression because I, too have struggled with anxiety and depression for uh, my entire life. Through seasons, you have ups and downs and, and everything, and I, I've, I've experienced those things in, in the, that area. So uh, that's been my goal, is to, to work with people that are struggling in that area. You know, to provide uh, the ministry of counseling as a part of the church has been such, such a beautiful opportunity. And really what we noticed was is that during COVID, during the pandemic, the, the need and the desire for counseling, I mean, it just it was astronomical. Last year, through Life Back, we did over 800 sessions, over 800 sessions. And, and Pete, when you, when you look at those individuals that are, are coming for counseling, I'm sure that it's a, a wide variety of, of mm -hmm. needs and conversations and, and challenges that they're walking through. But where does anxiety and depression rank in terms of these sessions and conversations that you're having? At, at least half of them. Wow. So out of all the sessions that we have, at least half of them are anxiety and depression. And uh, during COVID, it became 100%. Mm -hmm. every, every call we had, every session that, that was had uh, dealt with that and the struggles. And, and I have to say this about COVID too, that uh, we still have a fear of COVID. And, I'll, get, and I, I'll show you the proof of that, is that when you're in a store or if you're in a waiting room and somebody starts coughing, what is the first thing you think of? I wonder if they have COVID. <laughs> so it's not gone, it's, it's still in the back of our mind that it could happen again. And so that's a constant anxiety. And sometimes that anxiety causes depression too because you're waiting for the next virus to come around. I was in the lobby one Sunday afternoon and uh, gave a lady a hug. And as soon as I gave her a hug, she sneezed. And uh, she said, oh, it's not COVID. And, uh, <laughs> and I just said, I really don't care what it is. Why you had to sneeze on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pete, when, you, when you're looking again at the individuals that are coming for counseling, um, young, old, men, women, all adults, children, you know, who, who's coming to, to, to talk? 
Do you know all, all of the above? Uh, mostly uh, women, and then secondary, right now I'd have to say uh, children. Wow. We have a, a large amount of children that are, are coming through uh, life back right now. Let's talk about both. Let's talk about why you think the majority of those sessions are, are women versus men, and then we'll come back and I'll ask some questions about the children. Okay. Well, uh, women, it's said that uh, there's twice as many women dealing with anxiety and, and uh, depression than men. And it's probably because men are the problem. But <laughs> yeah, yes, in some cases, in some cases it is. It really is. I understand that. That's, a, that's another counseling <laughs> session right there. But, uh, but the thing is that what men don't realize uh, is that they self-medicate more than women do. Now, women, they, they have their emotions and everything, and they have their anxiety and depression and all that. But what men do is they say, snap out of it. And what they do then is they open up a can of beer, and they drink that. And so what they're doing is they're self-medicating. So wouldn't they say there's twice as many women uh, they have anxiety and depression than men. I don't know if that's true. I think that men just really cover it up. Wow. And, and so, uh, men, you have to realize that, that if, if somebody in your family is de dealing with uh, anxiety and depression and everything, and you are doing something else, uh, then, then you have that problem too, and you don't even realize it. You know, I, I would say this, uh, all of us, JC as well, we all self-medicate in some way, shape, or form. Whenever we have trauma, hurt, or pain, we're looking for something or for those who have faith, someone that can help us to overcome those challenges. And so to any of you, men or women, that are self-medicating outside of faith in God, you need to know that all of those opportunities, those are false gods. They provide counterfeit joy, temporary joy, and from my own experiences, and I think there's a few hundred of you that you could agree with this, that when you walk through that, what the world offers, you end up more anxious, more hurt, That's right. more depressed, more discouraged than turning your heart over to God and allowing the great physician, come on now, to work mm -hmm. on us. So Amen. Let's, talk about, let's talk about kids for a minute because I'm, I'm in, and the church knows this, but I have a 13-year-old and then an eight-year-old um, it's been a long time since I've been 13 and eight. Come on, old people, say amen to that. That's y'all too. It just seems like what my, my kids are bringing home mm -hmm. at their age, even my daughter who is eight, the pressures, mm -hmm. the stress. You know, I mean, Lakeland who's in, going into the eighth grade, the academic pressure, the social pressure, uh, the athletic pressure, the peer pressure. It's just like so much. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what are you seeing with social media? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what, what are you seeing with, with our children? Well, again, the social media, that's definitely uh, a big one because they judge themselves on, on other people. And, and, and again, if, if they're having struggles and things, sometimes they may mention something on social media and then it gets all blown out of proportion and everything and they struggle with... Uh, with that self-image, and, and the anxiety comes from a number of things like that. Uh, 
but also again getting getting back to COVID, uh, they struggled being in the house for such a long time that we found that there were a lot of kids that had a problem coming back out again, to coming back to their schools and everything like that. And you know, they were never shut in before. And so those, those are things that, that they're dealing with. And, and again, I think that uh, uh, we all were not prepared for anything like that. And so we tend to not know how to deal with it and we still struggle with it. I, uh, I'm not gonna tell you how to parent uh, because I'm not saying that our way is the right way. Uh, we're, we're learning just like you are. Um, I, let me say this though. I think that social media is an opportunity to advance the gospel of Jesus like never before. I think there's a lot of good that can come from social media. I mean, imagine if the disciples had social media, okay? But I think that when it comes to our sons and daughters, that the devil is in social media. And we can try to put as many filters on social media to protect our children, um, but their other friends, parents don't have filters on their accounts. And so if, you're, if your kids wanna find something, see something, it's gonna, it's gonna be there. You know, so I owe my son a lot of money this weekend because I've used them in different sermons. And I always tell my kids, I'll pay you $5 every time I use you in a sermon because I should pay for content, right? That's only fair. But Lake always is asking, can I have social media? And I'm like, no. And he says, why? I'm like, well, and this is my line. It's not rejection, it's protection. I'm not rejecting you, I'm protecting you. And he's like, well, my, my so-and-so friend has it. I'm like, well, I'm sorry that their parents don't love you as much as I love you, you know? <laughs> but here's what I, and I wanna be very, very mindful uh, of your time and also of the, the, the room, because I know there are children here, but this is a great push for Go Kids and why you should have your kids in Go Kids. I learned this week at Man Up that your children, whenever they're posting on social media any trigger words of loneliness, hopelessness, depression, suicide, and, 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 are you with me? That now AI will pick up those trigger words and send words of encouragement to your son or daughter and then the moment that your son or daughter or you respond to that, you don't know it's AI, but you respond to the encouragement, a live human being picks up. And now they're being groomed. I'm just telling you, I'm not, again, I don't wanna create any anxiety for you or fear for you, but these kids, man, they are overwhelmed on these social media platforms. We've all felt the trap of comparison because of social media, what they're going and dealing with in school. You talked about this, the bullying. Mm -hmm. It's just real. It is. And also, uh, sometimes kids can only deal with it in, in the way that, uh, that they know, and it's not a healthy way, but you probably heard about cutting. Mm. And there's a lot of kids that are dealing with anxiety and depression, and they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to talk to, if they can talk to their parents or not. And so what happens is they start cutting themselves and uh, to relieve the, the pain, the pain that they're feeling. And sometimes it is, it's something that was posted online and uh, they get so distraught that they, they start cutting. So we've seen an increase in that uh, and just a, a large increase of uh, young people coming for counseling. Maybe I should have started here, but take a moment, give us a, a working definition of, of anxiety and depression while they're not 
the same. They are synonymous. They, right, right. Talk a little bit about that. Well, again, we pretty much know the anxiety angle of, of that, and that's uh, any sort of fear, stress, uh, or, or even doubts or challenges that you may have uh, in your life. And uh, depression is pretty much just sadness. It is uh, a, a sadness that uh, is overwhelming sometimes that uh, it almost seems like it's uh, unbearable. And that's where sometimes the suicidal thoughts come in. But they are tied in together in, in that when you have high anxiety, uh, you automatically, it automatically turns into depression. And when you have depression, it turns into anxiety. Now, well, the one thing about uh, depression is that uh, it, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Your, your serotonin level uh, depletes, and your brain can't make enough uh, to change your moods. And what brings that down and depletes it is anxiety and stress. So if you have high anxiety, you're depleting your serotonin level in your brain, so you become depressed. And the same thing is, is that if you have low anxiety, but your serotonin level is coming down, then all of a sudden your anxiety comes up. So they are related. They are related in, uh, in that way, and it's unfortunate. So uh, one other thing is that when you do have depression, uh, there's a large number of people that act out with uh, anger issues. And that's the one thing when somebody comes in and says, uh, like, I think I have uh, anger and I have to do some anger management or something like that. Uh, I, I start uh, checking them for uh, their depression level. Wow. That's the first stop. Uh, let's talk a, just a few more minutes here, but talk, talk, talk a little bit about the, the triggers, you know, the triggers of anxiety and, and depression. In your conversations with individuals, is it current pressures? Is it past wounds? Is it the chemical imbalances? What mm -hmm. What are some of those those mm -hmm. triggers? Those are the questions that that are asked. You know, if there's anything in the past that they haven't dealt with that has caused them to still have the anxiety and the depression up up to this point, uh, or if there's certain triggers, it, it could be finances. Uh, it could be uh, a job, it could be uh, family uh, issues uh, with children, with spouse. So it could be uh, a number of things like that. But it also can be that um, your trigger can be something that is unrelated to anything. Uh, it's, it's like a, a electrical wire that constantly has a current going through it. And if you touch those wires, then all of a sudden, that's the trigger. That's the trigger in anxiety. And it could be anything. It could be something that you, you didn't pick up something at the store and you get mad and that becomes the trigger. So anybody that I counsel about anxiety or depression, I tell them to keep a log. Before you had any sort of issues or, or anything and you had that panic attack, what went on in, in, in your daily routine? What went on the last couple of days? So we can see if there's any triggers so they can be aware of those things. And when he's talking about keeping a log, that's a journal, not a big stick to hit somebody with. Just want right. to make sure everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I made them laugh. Come on. 
Uh, how much of what you're seeing is uh, spiritual warfare? Oh, it's a lot. There, there's, uh, there's times that I think that the people have come, they've tried praying to God, but their time that they spent with God was, was not much time or they, they really didn't dig deep into that. And so they come for counseling to try to go a different way. And that's fine because we're faith-based and, and everything. But that's part that you have to do on your own. You have to have that relationship with God and that uh, belief in God that God is going to do it because I don't have a magic wand, you know, and I tell people that. I don't have a magic wand. You have to do the work. You have to pray to God, and we'll, we'll find out what the triggers are, and we'll work with that. And so, so that, the faith is something that I find kind of falters and it's not where it should be, where they can say, I've done everything that, that I can. There's always more that they could do. And it would help, help them tremendously. Give us, uh, just in our, our time of closing here, give us some, some encouragement, some hope. What are, what are some next steps that, that we could take, some effective you know, treatments for anxiety and depression? Mm -hmm. Well, definitely, um, I'll tell you one great thing for anxiety and depression is exercise. Uh, that is very big, and if you could do some sort of exercise uh, that uh, helps the chemical levels and everything like that. Also, I tell people a lot of times, small groups at the church here, I think that's good that you have uh, other people that you can talk to and hear their story. That's, that's very important, and uh, always know that Life Back is, is here for you. I love it. And for those of you at Montgomery County Westside and online, LifeBack is available for, for everyone. They've leveraged technology. They've done Zoom counseling sessions. And so if you're interested in LifeBack, you can contact the church office or on the website. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach out to them. But Pete, would you, would you just pray over us? Mm -hmm. And uh, here's what I want to invite all of us to do, whether this is on your behalf or on the behalf of someone that you love and care about that is walking through this journey would you just take your hands right in your lap and, and palms up to heaven? I want Pete just to pray a prayer of, of peace and comfort over our hearts and minds. I want you to receive this today, and uh, thank you, Pete. Father God, we, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you, Lord God, uh, that you are the true God that gives us peace, Lord God. And Father, we search for that peace right now, Lord God. We know that uh, that is what you want to deliver to us. So through your spirit, we ask for guidance, strength, direction, Lord God, and focus, Lord, to see your hand working in our lives so that anxiety and depression will have to leave in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you say thank you to Pete? Come on. Thank you. Love you, man. Great Love job. All right, let me close with this. I want to give you, I want to give you three truths that I believe we need to know whenever we wrestle with anxiety and depression. I want you to write these down. Come on, three, three truths that I want you to know if you're wrestling with anxiety or depression. The first one is this, it's that God is present in the struggle. God is present in the struggle. Now I know in the moment or in every moment that you're wrestling with this, 
It may be hard to believe that God is present in the struggle. It may be hard to believe that in the middle of the panic attack and the, in the middle of the, the fear of the night or in the middle of your child's schizophrenic episode or when your palms are sweating and your, your heart is racing. It may be hard to, to remember that truth, but it is a truth that he is like a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Bible says that he's just as close as the very mention of his name. And so whatever the struggle is for you, God, God is present. Now here's the promise for those of us that are in a relationship with Christ. As, as believers, we must come to a place where scripture, not our struggle, defines God. And what happens is, and I'm just telling you my own story, is that when I'm overwhelmed with the anxiety, I'm overwhelmed with the fear, I'm overwhelmed with the guilt, I'm overwhelmed with the depression, I let my struggle define my God. You can't do that. God has already set his word and his word reveals his character and reveals his nature. So it's scripture through revelation that defines who God is, not your struggle or your storm. Can you say amen to that? So just for a moment, let's go to scripture. Psalm, Psalm 139, I feel this right here. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Look what the Bible says. If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell and Sheol, you are there. If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, have you ever felt this way? Surely the, the darkness will consume me, the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will become night. But even the darkness is not dark to you. Let me just speak this to you. Man, some of you, you're so overwhelmed with the anxiety and depression. Every day feels like night. Every day feels dark. But even darkness is not dark to God. Come on, can you say amen? And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you created my innermost parts you knit me together. You wove me in my mother's womb. I don't know if this is a fault of mine or maybe you appreciate the vulnerability, but I have said out loud Psalm 139 verse 14 so many times when I feel overwhelmed with anxiety and fear. I will give thanks to you because I am not fearful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made how wonderful are your works. Watch. And some days my mind may not know it, but my soul knows it very well. Does that make sense? Anybody receive that today? So don't let the struggle define God. Let Scripture define God and know that God is present even in the struggle. The second truth is this, and I'll hurry. And I'm telling you, this is going to mess with some of your theology. And you may not agree with me, but I'll back it up with the Bible. Is that fair? So watch this. The second truth I want you to know when you wrestle with anxiety and depression is that God can work through miracles 
and sometimes he includes medicine. Can I get like four people to say amen? That was like a cow looking at a new gate. We started this year at Go Church 2023 declaring this is the year of God's miracles. This is a church that, that we are not cessationist. Cessationists believe that all of the miracle signs and wonders ceased at the, the, the death of the last apostle of Jesus. We don't believe that. We're not cessationists, we're continuationists. What does that mean? We believe that if God did it then, God can do it now. Can I get an amen? We, we believe that God can raise people from the dead. God can open up the blinded eye. We believe that God can heal trauma. We believe that God can reset biochemistry. We believe that God can reconcile broken relationships. We believe that we serve the God of miracles. Does anybody believe that with us? So we believe that God can, we believe that God can open up heaven and in a moment, God can supernaturally heal people who are going through whatever they're going through. We're standing on God's word. Psalm 77, 14, this is our verse of the year. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Can I tell you, there is nothing too big for your God. Come on and say amen right there. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. We believe that God can still perform miracles. But we also believe that sometimes God's power is displayed in a prescription. See, culture and society, and God forgive us, even the church body has, has created a stigma whenever a believer takes medication for a sickness or a disease or for anxiety or depression. The enemy will make you think, well, if you take that prescription drug, then, then you don't have enough faith or you must not believe God is able to do what God said he could do. Can I tell you that that's not true? Sometimes God's power is displayed in a prescription. I could show you multiple places in the Bible to back this up, but I'm gonna give you one. Go back to the days where Hezekiah was, was king of Judah, one of the great kings of Judah. When Hezekiah turned 39 years old, the Bible says that he became mortally ill to the point of death. There was an ulcer or a boil that, that impacted and infected his body and he was dying. Well, the prophet Isaiah comes to Hezekiah's servant and watch what the Bible says in Isaiah 38, 21. Make an ointment from figs, spread it over the boil, and Hezekiah will what? Recover. Don't you let the enemy or somebody else talk you out of the prescription medication that God wants to use to help you get your breakthrough, to get your healing, to get your miracle, to get your deliverance. Can I get somebody to help me preach that biblical truth right there? God will give you faith, but faith without works is dead. Go see your doctor, go see your counselor. You be honest, you be transparent, and you trust the process. Science backs up God's word. God created medication, God created human beings. He gave us our intelligence and our brilliance. And God says, sometimes my power is displayed in prescription drugs. And then the third truth is this, and I'll pray for you. No matter what you're going through, 
And I know we're talking about anxiety and depression, but no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you're going through, where you're headed, God's calling for your life has not been lost. The enemy will try to make you think because you struggle with or wrestle with whatever it is that God can't use you, that God's mad at you, that God's done with you. How do you know that, Pastor JC? Look at me, because that's what the enemy has told me. In my moments of feeling overwhelmed, well, God must not be desiring to use you anymore. You listen to me. I'm taking authority right now. You listen to me. God created you on purpose. God created you for purpose. And God is not a kindergartner that when he gives you something, he decides to take it back. The Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. See, it doesn't give you something and then take it back because you're going through something. The same verse in God's Word translation says it this way. God never changes his mind when he gives gifts or when he calls someone. Can you applaud right there? Thanks be to God for that. So let me summarize this third point by saying it this way. If you're not dead, God's not done. Come on, somebody. If there is breath in your lungs, there is purpose for your life, God's got a plan for you. God's not done with you. You keep pressing on. You put one foot in front of the other. You get the help that you need. You have faith. You have counselors. You have conversations. But if you're not dead, baby, God's not done with you. Come on. Hey, watch. The greater the attack only means the greater the calling. The greater the warfare only means the greater the anointing. Why is the devil after you and after your marriage and after your children at the level that he's attacking you? Because the enemy is afraid of you stepping into your calling and your purpose and your assignment and getting your true identity in Christ Jesus. If you're not dead, God's not done. Come on. Let's go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel the Holy Spirit right here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody's getting freedom today. Freedom today. Freedom today. Freedom today. Freedom today. Oh, I I pray this in the powerful, mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Standing on your word, not my word, your word. Preaching your blood shed on the cross at Calvary. I speak peace, peace over every heart and over every head. I speak peace. Jesus, you died on the cross at a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull where our mind is located. 2,000 years ago, you brought victory to the very place that the enemy would attack us most today. There is victory, there is freedom in our mind today. And I stand on your word, Lord, and I speak peace, and I speak freedom. I speak joy over every man who is feeling discouraged and overwhelmed. I, I pray sleep over every woman, over every mama who tosses and turns at night because she's uncertain about the future. I pray peace into every home, into every relationship. 
Lord, I, I, I pray that your plan would be revealed to every young man and to every young woman. The world is trying to confuse them and mess with their minds. May you show them their true identity in you. I pray that we don't have to have prodigal sons and prodigal daughters because our children will never depart from you. They'll follow you all of the days of their life. And when the pressures of their world are overwhelming, may our children hit their knees, lift their hands, cry out to God, and the peace that passes all understanding overwhelm them and consume them. You are a faithful God. Listen to me, I'm praying, but I'm preaching my prayer. God's not mad at you. God's not angry with you. God's not disappointed in you. And God's not done with you. And the only way that you get this full peace, the only way you get this full peace, it all starts with a firm foundation as Jesus Christ being the rock on which you build your life. Everything else is sinking sand. It all starts there. And God will reveal the process for you, but it all starts with him. So if you are not in a relationship with Jesus, if you have not asked him to be your Lord, it starts right there today. If that's you and you say, I I need peace, I need freedom, I need joy, I need hope, I need rest, I need 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 my life back. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, lift your hand. Every hand that's lifted high. Thank you for the honesty and the confidence in you, Christ Jesus, the boldness. Every hand that's lifted high, may they find real hope, real peace, real joy, real contentment. Contentment is not complacency. Contentment is in you, Christ Jesus. I thank you that right now the Holy Spirit is moving and touching the hearts of every person. But for those with their hands lifted high by faith, I pray that the power of Jesus would consume them and today they walk in full freedom in the name of the Father who loves you, the Son who gave his life for you, and the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you, and the whole Go Church family said a big amen. Come on. Oh, come on. Put your hands together all around this place. Come on. Let's clap. Come on.